0: Okay, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Topic is something that may not excite you at first. We'll be discussing the filah Tahnun. However, like all areas of Torah, once we get into it and scratch a little bit beneath the surface, it is more than exciting, it is invigorating, it is a source of chius. Our, our vitality is poshant based on understanding the depth of tahnun. Where does Tachnun come from? What is the Yasoid Hadavar? And we'll go through some of the Halacha Lemaisa applications on those very tragic days where we don't say Tachnun. And the whole Sebor is mamish in dismay, feeling a sense of rejection. Why did he even come to Shul if I can't say Tachnun? <laughs> so we'll address that as well, Amit Hashem. Okay, we have Rabbeinu Bechaya. Unbelievable, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar in Parshish Korach. Ve'yedabre Hashem la-Moshe vel-Aron le-Mor. Hibadlu mitoche Ada hazos v'chala osso karego. Remove yourself, separate yourself from this Ada, and I will destroy them instantaneously. Ve'yiplu al-Panehem. And both Moshe and Aaron, they fell on their face. Ve'yom rukeh l'lakeh ruchos l'chol basar. Ha'ish'echad yachtav al-kole Eidah tiktzov. One man will sin and the entire Eidah will be destroyed. They fell on their face, explains the Ebena B'chayah. They fell in order to daven. It was not just a reaction, but clearly there was a, an element of prayer that was part and parcel of the al penehem. Umikan l'nefilah sapayim betfilah. And from here, we see at least the rem is, Timnefila Sapayim Betfila. Okay. But what's the idea behind putting one's head down? So the Rebbe de says there are three different ideas here. One is Lemora Hashchina, based on reverence or awe of the Shechina. The second one is Laharos Tsarvahachna, to show it, to demonstrate a pain and a <laughs> subjugation and the third idea is <laughs> To show that I'm, I'm, i have nothing. It's almost like I'm, I'm I'm not even able to stand. These are the three ideas behind the fita and he explains each one briefly. How's number two? I thought, let's see what he says. Ahas <laughs> Kedesh is labish bze bochus vtsnius in order to be clothed no pun intended with bochus and sneus kikisui ha ponim midarche a novo covering one's face is an expression of humility and of modesty lafish kavanas hamispalel shashchina kenegdo because when we're davening Consciously, we're envisioning standing right in front of the Shekhinah, Like it says in Tehillim, Shemlin Shemle Negdisambi. Hakalish Baruch was in front of me. And that's true, even more so, when I'm davening. So that's that's the basic idea of Sheyislabesh Bezeb Boshis, Kalomar kolomar Sheenan Roshos, Les Akev, Beosim, Merutza, and Lamala, Minerakia. He says, even the chayos, Pasuk in Yecheskel says that the angels are flying back and forth. Why can't they just stay in one spot, right? It's like that guy during the who's walking back and forth in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> do the whole thing on Friday morning at the uh, yeshiva, we have our Q&A, conversations together. So we were speaking about decorum uh, during tefillah. This is one pet peeve. I couldn't help myself, but I had to bring it up. You know, the guy who's like pacing back and forth, almost like he's in a rush to go somewhere, but he's not going anywhere. He's just disturbing you. Right. <laughs> so why do the chayos do that? Why can't they just stay in one place? So the answer says there have been a Baha'i is because they don't have permission to st- to stand and gaze at the the presence of Hashem at the Shechina. They're almost forced to be going back and forth. And that's the idea of Lemora of Hashchina. We put our head down as if we can't even gaze at the divine presence. Hashanis. The second concept is to show Tsar and Hachna. Literally, that's pain and subjugation. How does that accomplish it? By Nefila Sapayim. Kia Nofil al Pundav Mitztair v'nichna. And a feeling of hachna is one of the foundations of tshuva, right? Feeling uh, remorse, feeling regret. And then one's prayer is accepted. So the second concept of tachnun is it's actually a form of tshuva by showing the pain that I have based on decisions that I've made in the past. And the last Shlishis is Laharos Asiras Chushav, is to demonstrate, to show, as if I, I don't even have my own independent power, I'm falling down. dea darko, as if I, I, I have a sense of despair. I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go, and that's what I'm expressing through Nefila Sapayim. So there's three basic yesodos here of the A And then he says something extremely fascinating. He says, The non-Jewish world, they express the same idea in a different way. They put their hands together in prayer. If you were to ask them, why are you doing that? So the general answer is, I don't know. That's how you pray. However, the Rebbein who will tell you the reason why you're doing that is, Hatam laharos bitil atzmo. this is the third idea he mentioned for Tachnun, that we're showing, we're demonstrating as if I myself have no independent force, asuros, as if my hands were tied together, so and I'm totally giving myself over to the creator of the universe gedola toalto But because we know that one's legs are actually more powerful and influential than one's hands, lekah, our minig is to have kivun raglayim below Hayadaim. When we stand at Shemona Esrei, our legs are together, demonstrating the idea of we have no independent force. We're standing here as a stationary uh, being waiting for you to guide us, that's why we have our legs together to emulate the malachim. How does that fit with emulating the malachim? Is this a separate idea? Be because, yes. a reg- because a malach has one foot, okay?
1: <laughs> huh? <laughs>
0: we do it only for shmonas, right? That's fine, that's the Ikhra HaTfilah.
1: So
0: What's that? <laughs> Like this? Yeah. No such halacha. I will show you. You made it up. You made it up. Show, show me <laughs> inside. There's a halacha that's brought. There's an Indian, not a halacha, there's an Indian of having one's right hand over his left when davening, as, as an expression of hachna, and the right over the left because the right represents rachmim and the left represents din. But it's not like this. This is when we go uh, bungee jumping, right? So you go back. Like this. But even this is only—it's a nice it, thing if it works for you. But it's not—it's not, it's not a, a obligation. Okay, so we have these three concepts behind tafna. now. All of this, I assume, is somewhat a repetition. We all have in mind these three ideas every day. We, we do in the field of abayim, right?
1: Can we go back to... Mora,
0: Shechina, and Mamesh, I have nothing without you. That's all going through our mind. Sheviz yeh Shem, Samid. As we put our heads down, Bekavana Can we go back to the Malach
1: idea, how it connects?
0: Oh, so how does it connect? If you ask the question, right, we're familiar with, we stand straight as if we have... Regalachas, to emulate a Malach that has Regalachas. How many legs does a Malach actually have? Zero. Zero, right? <laughs> Malachim don't have legs and they don't have wings. right? <laughs> Ayin in the Rambam. Right? There are no legs and there are no wings. There is nothing physical about a Malach. However, the idea behind Regalachas is exactly what their a is teaching us. Which is, it's a total devotion. It's a singular focus channeled towards Hashem. That's the remez of Regalachas.
1: B'nubuchai said they're running back and forth.
0: Okay, so again, every, like, like the Rambam writes in the Moran of Uchim, every expression we have, he's quoting a passage from Yecheskel. every description of a Malach <coughs> regarding its flying, regarding its wings or anything else, its movement, is all derech melitza. Metaphor, martial. but it's not to be taken literally
1: no, I understand, but that's, that's the opposite of standing still, that I can't even move, meaning... Say, but
0: once you're in the non-literal world, both things can be true. There's a remez to flying back and forth, I in in the Svar, Mr. What That is referring to, and there's a remez to having regal achas. No,
1: right. What I mean is the reasoning he gave is that they're not allowed to sort of stand in front of the Shekhinah and look, which is why it's a metaphor of, move, of, of movement. If we're standing with one foot... So next just picture to a malech with
0: one leg flying back and forth. And then everything is good, okay? <laughs> Maybe we'll have a conversation about Malachim a different time. Now, we know that the minig is, when we do of Sapayim, if we're wearing to fill it in, in the mornings, assuming you're. What's that? I have such a hard time hearing in this room with the, with the echo chamber. What's that? That's
1: still very relative. Even simple right would drive you more important than your diet. Uh, I don't know. Today, that's
0: true at all. Right, it probably depends also if you're talking about fine motor skills, you're talking you know, about strength.
1: We're going to find a thing. So that's time to change. all these things change. But maybe the idea of Molokkan, true, that the excellent Molokkan Well,
0: they, 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 they have, have more than two according to some sukim, right? Yeah, they have six. Right. right? So. They're eight at different
1: times. But it depends on the time. When they're trying and saying, how do you know they are armed rolled up and you've got to do that? That's the form they're taking. That's when they speak to our government. They take the form of the person. And when something.
0: Okay, so the truth that is, that maybe we'll stop here because to get involved with the whole conversation of Malachim is going to take us away from the filous apayim. Maybe for a separate conversation, we'll go through that piece in the Ramam and the Marnevuchim and then we can see what, what these Mishalim are referring to. But I just want to point out the halacha of the mefilis of Paim itself. If you're wearing tefillin on your left arm, we all know you go to the right arm. If you're not wearing in by mincha, so then you go on your left. Where does that come from? Left as opposed to weak? I mean, let's say I'm a lefty. Yes. Yes. So, so the, this is really in the beginning of Kuflam at Aleph, the is of the opinion, read them carefully, that you always go, it's not on the sheets, I apologize. Kishinofa l'alponav nogu lahatos al tzad period. No stipulations, you're always going on your left side. The Ramah brings this other opinion that if you're wearing tefillin, then for covet of tefillin, then you go on your right side. Mishnaburu speaks about the different ideas behind right versus left. Um, the, the Yamin of the Shekhinah, so then the Yamin of the Shekhinah in front of me is really towards my left. If I'm facing towards the Shekhinah, then I should really be going towards my right. L'maysa, the Rebbeinu Hai that the Rebbeinu Bahaya quotes, says a whole different idea that's not found in the Shulchan Aruch, or the Nosei here. The Rebbeinu Hai says, It's K'day L'shabe B'Nefi sapayim hayad HaRomezes Chirus Belel Pesach. The same arm that is a remez to chayrus on Lel Pesach, because we lean to the left, that's the arm that we're being Mishabe to Hashem. So even the chayrus that we celebrate, but there's also <laughs> an aspect of keeping the chayrus in check, channeled towards the Kaddosh Baruch Hu. Okay. And, and that is the ultimate chayrus. Yes. All right. So this is some of the hashkafic background. The truth is there are, there are Zohars and there are, there's a lot of Kabbalah when it comes to Tachno. So, a lot of power, a lot of deep ideas. I want to jump, though, to the Gemara itself. Where, is, where do we find in Shas any mention of Tachno? So this is the famous Gemara in Baba Metziah, after the story, famous story of Rabbi Eliezer arguing with the Chachamim. Um, and then the Maskana. the conclusion of the Gemara was Torah lo hi. And even though Rabbi Eliezer seems to be correct, and he's bringing all of these supernatural indications, the halacha is like the majority. So after that takes place, you could imagine, how did Rebbe Eliezer feel? And how did that impact his marriage? Right? You, you just think about the human aspect of life, right? He comes home after this amazing day of, like, doing all these miracles, trying to prove his point, clearly feeling that he's in the right, nonetheless being pushed aside to some degree. How was your day, honey? It's okay, <laughs> you know. Okay. Is, every, is everything okay? You look a little bit down, right? I've uh, whatever, I've been excommunicated and like, Torah uh, What? Okay. So, the Gemara goes out <coughs> to say, <laughs> Eimash Shalom," the beast of the Rebbe Eliezer, A Shalom <laughs> was the wife of Rebbe Eliezer. And, ironically... She happened to also have been Achseid the Rabban Gamliel, the sister of Rabban Gamliel, who was on the other side of this argument, who put him in cherub. Meahu From that episode and on, lo ha vishavkalei l'Rabbi Eliezer al ape. She would not let her husband, Rabbi Eliezer, she would not allow him to do nefila sapayim. Why not? Because she was concerned... With the tsar, the pain that he must be feeling, if I was to allow my husband to do the fila that could have a negative impact on the person who caused that pain, namely my brother Rebbe Benjamin. Hahu yoma However, one day it was Rosh Chodesh bein and she actually made a mistake in her calculations between a full month. Or a shorter month, she assumed it was Rosh Chodesh, and therefore she wasn't there to stop him to do Tachnun because she assumed there would be no Tachnun. However, when she sees her husband doing Tachnun, she has a Pachad. Get up! You're killing my brother, Rabbi Gamliel, Nafik shipura mi base binghamliel the shahib and immediately there was an announcement coming from the house of binghamliel that he passed away Amra la minaya so he said to his wife wow how did you know that are you a, a prophetess Amrale mikhublani mi base of this is what i've received as a misora Hasha'arim kol hasharam nenalem khutz mishare ona all of the gates are closed, except for the gates of Onah. When a person feels that he's been wronged, he's been hurt, then there's more power in his tefillah. Now, it's interesting, it doesn't say that she made sure he never davin shmona Clearly, there was something about nefillah sapayim that had a real koach, at least in this context of Rabbi Eleazar feeling pain towards Rabbi Gamliel. What do we see from this Gemara? So take a look at the next page. What's that? You don't assume that he was davening anything explicit, 100%. He wouldn't be davening for the demise of a gadol.
1: And he wouldn't say, how would you know? He was davening for him to die, so obviously he was just davening.
0: And the horror, like, if he was at shul davening, how did she know what he was doing, right? He was excommunicated. Oh... Okay, there you have it. So there's no right from here that you're allowed to at home, right? Unless you're in Cairo.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good question. All it says explicitly is she made sure he didn't do the apayim. Maybe he said the Mizmor. Maybe he said Tachman. That's not so clear. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so she said to her husband, I have a Misora. mikubloni. <laughs> I've received this tradition from my my great ancestors. That what? That the way the way it's said in the Gemara is all the Sha'orim might be closed except for the shar of ona. That when a person feels that he's been hurt, there is an injustice that, that takes place. Then his davening can have much more of an impact, and that could harm others potentially. So that she knew that, or wasn't that. She knew what? Or at that moment, as soon as she saw her husband doing Nefil Sapayim, she knew her brother passed away, and she was correct. Let's take a look here at some of the, the halachos we derive from this story. The Ridva says as follows, the lay She didn't let him do Nefil kolayom. How is this practically possible? Right? She wasn't uh, away from her husband the entire day to make sure that he didn't do Nefil sapayim. U'mikan, maybe Raya, macherim What the reverse is saying is as follows: Clearly, the Gemara doesn't mean that she was there, mamish, standing guard every second, making sure her husband would never do nefilas That would probably be an unhealthy relationship, right? <laughs> Why are you standing next to me all day, right? <laughs> I told you I wouldn't do it. Why don't you just trust me? I'm not gonna do it, okay? So, you gotta imagine the conversation taking place. Says the Ritva, obviously that's not what happened. Rather, she was careful to be mafzik after Shmona Esrei, before Nefilis Apayim. She wasn't standing guard, making sure he would never be noful alpanov. Just as, long as, sh- as soon as he was done with Shmona Esrei, she would chime in. You hear about the Laker game last night, right? <laughs> wow, you wanna know what the score was? <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. Right? Okay. Not only are you allowed to... Oh, this is a great, a great question. The Ritva is saying we learn from this and Gemara, you're not allowed to be Mopsic because that's what she was doing. Can you also derive from this Gemara that if you are mapsik? Oh yeah, you Mamish that that's a strong Russian. You have to. I, I have another pshat. That's <laughs> no, all right. So one pshat would be no no. One humble suggestion could be, right? <laughs> that clearly you see from this Gemara, if you're Mavsik, you can't say Tachnun because what was she accomplishing by Big Mavsik? It sounds like it, she mamish got him involved with conversations. Well, hey look at this, we just got a WhatsApp from our grandkid. Honey, look at this, right? Say you can't say it, it doesn't have the same impact. Either. Ah, ah. So, so one shot is that once you're Mavsik, you can't say Tachnun, and that's why she was successful. The other shot could be, Avadi, you could say Tachnun. But she understood that the Nefila sadpayim, once you're Mavsik from Shemon Esrei, is not going to have the same impact. You might be Makai the midst of a Tachnun, but it's not going to kill my brother. Right? She might have known that.
1: Why is like, that's me. Indian tefillah.
0: Oh, good question. Meaning, why does it not count as a, a hepsic? Good <laughs> question. But <laughs> you're not that right, part so of why you can't you talk to her. Shall- he to says you can't. You can't, so can't be machzich with varim
1: sheeinim shel That
0: was a necessary thing. Yeah. But if you're not, the mitzvah chazaras shatz is is me'inin hatefillah, right? So that's not considered a hepsic. So don't talk. However, right? It's interesting. This is <laughs> why. <coughs> What's that? Can we learn from here? If your wife talks to you after shemnesh, you should respond. Presumably he responded. That's why there was a hefsek. Wow. Or or did she or did she just break? Oh, wow. <laughs> or did she just break his concentration? You know what he, he, he must have responded, right? Okay, it's a good question. Can we learn from here? She
1: just broke his concentration. Right? Okay. okay. Was that, was that, was, I mean, is that called a
0: hefsek just because he? We, sh- we should
1: have the kof rav.
0: First of all, it doesn't say yeah. that he's was besicha. It says lahefsek besicha ubitvar <says>, macheru. <laughs> Okay, so, so I, I want to point talk. out a couple of things. Exactly. Because we have a uh, limited time here, and we're not going to do like a four-part series in Tachlun because no one would show up till next week. <laughs> okay. There's an interesting Mishnah Bura Sifkat and base. Again, you don't have, but I do. The Mishnah Bura says as follows. Even though the first halacha in Lamad Aleph in Tachnun is ein ledaber beint filah sapayim, says the Mishnah mihu im over bediber... If you were in violation of the Salachah and you did speak, Pshita Ditzarech al L'alpanov. It's Poshet, you still have to do tachnun. Now when a person reads this Mishnah b'rura without going through a little bit of the background sugya, you're rebothered by the question, why in the world would you think, what's the Havamina to say that you wouldn't say tachnun? The havamina is exactly what was said. Maybe we can learn from the Gemara that once you're Mavsik, you don't say tachnun. To that, the Mishnah Brewer is teaching us, no, you still say Tachnun, but it doesn't have the same power. Okay, that's one thing we derive from this Gemara. Don't be mafsik between Shmona and Tachnun. Says the Ritva, another thing we learn out. Mikan nilmod, she'ein noflin alpenehem berosh chodesh, u The whole story wouldn't make sense if Tachnun, if Nefilet Sepaim was noegan Rosh Chodesh. It's because it was Rosh she assumed that he would not be doing the Sapai. Now how does the Ritva say also Shabbos and Yantif? Answer is? Kal V'chomer. It's a Kol right? Because obviously there's more of a Simcha, more of a Kedusha on Shabbos and yantif. So those are two important halachas we learn out from this Gemara. And this is the source in Shas that alludes to Mephila Sapai. And we see hashkafically how incredibly powerful Tachnun is. Is, okay. is there anything about the word the Midmar, the... No, it's the act of Nafil HaZepayim that's powerful. You can say anything? Oh. So what exactly is being said? What is the text of Tachnun? That's not explicit here. But it seems like it's the Nafil Sapayim either by itself or at least in conjunction with the words of Tachnun. Okay. I want to go through a couple of Halakha Lamaisa applications. Things that come up all the time. And there's always discussion. And whenever you ask a question and the response is, it's a whole haq, right? The translation of that is, I, 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 don't, know. I don't know, I don't know. I've heard different things, but I, I just don't know, right? So don't answer, it's a whole haq. Just know the halacha, <laughs> right? Okay. Halacha number one, generally, right? Let's take mincha, for example. Mincha Moshros daven mincha about fifteen minutes or so before shkia, right, in the Litfish communities, and therefore they're saying tachnun probably close to shkia, maybe before, maybe a little bit after, right? So, is there any problem with saying tachnun with Mephila with apayim after shkia? So, there's an interesting halacha in Sif Gimel. Again, you don't have this, but you'll believe me. Eid nephilis apayim belayla. Actually, you do have it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Page three. Eid nephilis apayim belayla. U'belele ashmoros noagim lipo alpeneihem shehukarav liyom. There's no nephilis apayim at night. However, belele ashmoros, that means on the days that we're saying slichos, waking up very early, even before alos. So officially it is night but you could still say Tachnun when it's Korob liyom, when it's close today. So says the Mishnah Burah, how about Ben So the Mishnah Bura explains in Yod he says, ha-mincha noflim al-panehem. If you're doubting in a place where mincha goes all the way until layla, then you would not be noful al It sounds like you would actually still say Tachnun, Right, but you wouldn't do nefilis apayim. lipo. If it's during ben Ashmasho's though, there the minig is, you still do nefilis apayim. So where does that halacha come from? So the Taz says as follows: The Taz says, if you're allowed to say tachnun in the early morning, where technically it's still nighttime, because it's korov liyom, so then kol shikain, right, the other part of the day where it's ben it still might be day, and it's definitely korov of course you could say takdun with nefil ha <coughs> That's the argument of the task. <coughs> now the Mughan of Ram is not a fan of that based on a Kabbalistic reason. Mughan of Ram says, the reason why you're allowed to say takdun with nefil ha early in the morning is because it's korov and you don't have the issue of the Tisgboris the, Hadinim, right? The, uh, the strengthening of the Midas Hadin because it's Koravu Yom. So you can't bring a Raya from the days of Slichos that you're allowed to do Nefilah Apayim during Be'na like the Taz did. Okay? But even the Mugan of Rum, according to many, was of the opinion that Be'na that Suffolk Yom, Suffolk Laila, and therefore were not concerned for the the Koach of the Din until Laila Mamish. And that's at the Mission of Urapaskins that were knowing to do Nafila Sapayim even during Venus Mashos. This was a, a famous story, I think we mentioned this in Slobodka that when Rev Hutner was a young man and uh, he was Davening Mincha in Slobodka, it was after shkia and before everyone was about to do Nafila Sapayim, he took it upon himself, Kidarko. Clap and let everyone know there's no Tachnon in the Mises after Mincha or at least there's no Nefilah Sepayim and the altar of Slobodka Kedarko basically said please sit down <laughs> right? and he did Tachnon that's the the Minig says the Mishnuburah we do Tachnon even doing benishmashos. question number two we know this Halacha that it's only when there's a safer Torah then we do Tachnon then we do again Nefilah Sepayim where is that learned out from? So that's based on a Pusik. the yipol al of lifnei Aaron hashem. Yipol al panav lifnei Arun hashem says the Mishnah we derive from there that it's only when there's a sefer Torah present. How about other svarim? Let's say you're in a place, let's say you're in a kolo where there's no Aro, there's no sefer Torah, but you have svarim all around you. So the Mishnah Vura says that generally most poskim say that would not allow you to do Nefilah apayim. The and others argue. Others were of the opinion if you have svarim in the room, that's still considered lifnei Hashem, and you could do Nefilah apayim. The general assumption is, at least in America, if there's no sefer Torah, even if there are svarim, we don't do Nefilah apayim.
1: Over there's a
0: What's that? Over Of course he did. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Now the Maisa, um a very interesting halacha we find from Michiel Michiel Tukachinsky and others that in Yerushalayim, even if you're in a place where there is no sefer Torah and there are no svarim, you do Nefilah Sapaim, because that's considered lifnei Hashem, right? That's a very powerful marimokum regarding our conversation yesterday, right? That's lifnei Hashem in Yerushalayim even with no sefer Torah and no svarim. Now, there's an interesting question. If there is no Sefer Torah, is there still an Indian of sitting down while saying Tachnum? The language of the Machabra is Nafilasapayim, Velo Volo, Mu'umad. Nafilasapayim is sitting down but not standing. That's based on a base Yosef that gets it from Kabbalah. Again, a lot of Kabbalah when it comes to Tachnum. The Rivash was of the opinion that even if there is a safer Torah, you don't have to do Nathilas of sitting down, and standing up would be okay. So for sure when there's no safer Torah, there's definitely a lot to rely on, that if it's inconvenient to sit down, right, then you could just say it's standing up. Let's say you're davening Mincha in, a, in, a, in the airport, right? Or even better in Disney World. How could there be Tachmun in Disney World, right? I'm the happiest place on earth. <laughs> but let's say you're saying Tachmin. So there, there's no aphilis and nephilis and because there's no, there's no Aaron, there's no Sefer Torah. Maybe you could argue it's considered livening Hashem with all the Yidin. I don't think so, though. So there, if you wanted to say it's standing up, that could be okay, if it's more convenient. But having a Sefer Torah doesn't actually mean that it's always present. Even if you have an Aaron, and it's brought in, let's say, Monday and Thursday, but generally, it's kept in a different room... That's also considered lev Hashem, and you would do Nafila HaSepayim. Now, here are some of the common questions that come up regarding Simchas. In Sif Dalid, we have a few different times throughout the year, or different occasions, where Tachnut is not said. Nogush l'lipol al Loba loba ovel velo so we equate velus with the chasana. That's kind of strange, right? So the base of it makes sense at the wedding hall where the the is taking place. That's actually that's obviously a time of simcha. You're not going to do the filas atayim. Velo and not in shul on the day of a bris mila. Velo yesham or you wouldn't say it in shul if a chassan is present, meaning even though it's not the base chassan, it's not where they're having the wedding, but in shul, if the chassan is there, you don't say tachnun. The Ramah has a very important qualification to this. He says that, He only has the status of a chassan where he would make everyone else not say tachnun, only on the day that he's actually entering the khaba. So, first off, we have to understand why would we not say tachnun in a base oval? That seems like a very appropriate thing to do. It's not a simcha. So, the Mishnah brewer says something very fascinating. He says it's similar to why we don't say tachnun belila. Tachnun is basically like the Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar told us mm. it's hachna, it's a fielding of tsar. It's, it's a bitul of hargosha just coming before Hashem and saying, direct us, we're nothing without you. You can't say Tachnun a layla because Laila itself is a zman of din. Tachnun is, is magnifying the din to an unhealthy extent. The same thing is true with Beis Oval. There's already a sense of din. To say Tachnun in that setting would be magnifying the din. That's not okay. What's the halacha though? <coughs> we're going to get to Allah HaLemaisa. Short answer is no, but we're going to get there. What's the din if a person is, maybe he's sitting shiva, but there's no minyan taking place in his house, he comes to shul for the, for the minyan. So does the entire shul now not say Tachnun because the Oval is here? Or is that something just personal and unique to the Oval him or herself? What's that? What's
1: that?
0: Right, well, in, in the base oval, you could say, the status is based on, you know, this is his house. So he kind of creates that, di- that, that status of din. But if he comes to shul, how does that impact everybody else? And the halacha is as <coughs> follows. The Mishnah Bura says, an oval coming to shul would not exempt everyone else from saying tachnun. Everyone would still say tachnun with mechilis <laughs> apayim. The only time that he would exempt everyone else is <coughs> if he was the Shliach tzibur, If he was davening for the amud, so then, then no one would say Tachnon. But if he's just part of the minion, everyone else would say Tachnon. Is
1: that because he's <coughs> leading the Minyan, and since he's not going to be saying Tachnon, then
0: that's why? That's what it sounds like. Then it's kind of more Nigra or Basre. It's more kind of <coughs> following his lead. <coughs> but if he's not the one leading the Tefillah, everyone else says tachnun Him, he would not. Now, What's that? Achiv to Davin? Yeah, so really, if he can Davin, he should be Davining, right? If he's comfortable with it, in which case, no one says tachmun, But you'll have many times where someone comes in, he wants to be with a minion during Shiva, but he himself doesn't want to or can't Davin. So in that case, he wouldn't say tachmun everyone else would. Why is this different than the case of a Chassan? When it comes to a Chassan, the Mechaber said clearly, not only base a Chassan, but also, lo kishayesh sham chasim. Right, the chasim's in shul. Let's take the classic case that fits in well with the, what the, the, the Rama said. The chasim's in shul uh, for mincha, and his wedding's is taking right mincha. We're having an early mincha at two fifteen, and the wedding's taking place at four fifteen. Huh? Before shkia, before shkia. When I say 415 living in Florida, I always mean before I shkia. <laughs> but, <laughs> So the, the, the mincha that he's davening is definitely Yom chupaso, Yom shenichnas L'Chupah. And there it's clear, no one says Tachnum. Why is that different than a novel? Oh, so, so the Mishnah Brewer in Chaf Gimel says, Mishum De Mitzvah Lishmoach Imo, there's a mitzvah that we should be besimcha with him. And this is actually a beautiful idea. <laughs> Ever heard the expression, <laughs> I'm happy for you? Not a Jewish expression. I'm happy, with you. I'm happy with you, right? Meaning, I have the simcha that you do because I'm being mishtate, if I'm joining in that simcha. I'm happy for you, right? Shkoyach, wonderful. No, I'm... And therefore, that simcha is really what everyone's experiencing. And you can ask the question, Why don't but... we say the same thing like so, Ah, it's the same thing by and of Hopefully everyone is feeling the tzar of the Avelus. I was once I in a shul, I told you, you should announce that there's a chas here, because how, how we, I'm, I'm ready to say tachanun. Oh, and you do all the things clap. And instead of me being happy, I'm distraught. Like, what the heck's going on here, right? So, make the announcement beforehand. There's a chassid, that way I can enjoy the, you know, the here. <laughs> okay, well, we're we're gonna see most that people, line in the brew in a moment. Most people can no <laughs> talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> somebody told me. Somebody told me a story. He actually walked into a shul. He didn't go to yeshiva because everyone knew he was a chasin and we'll see that idea in a second. He walked into a different shul, and someone who was getting his on, getting ready to the Davan, he saw the chassan, walks in and says, why, why are you coming here to take away a tahman? And he was serious. So I told the guy who told me the story, I said, you should have responded, the din of taking away tahman is when you're besimcha with me. You could say Tachnon. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the halacha, right? Please feel free, feel free. Okay, by by Avelis of course part and parcel of the Avelis is I'm together with the Tzar and and I feel it however the reason why the Avel is not saying Tachnun is not because of the Avelis of the pain of the loss it's because there's this unique idea that the Midas Hadin is Masucha love. he's closer to the Midas Hadin right now that's only applicable to the Avel him or herself not applicable to everyone else around the fact that we also feel pain is not a reason to avoid saying Tachnut. If anything, that's more of a reason to say Tachnut. Okay, that's the basic distinction between a Chassin and an aval Now, although the, the, the Ramah only says that everyone is putter or the Chassin himself is Pater, is B'yom Shin nichnas le the Mishnah brings that nowadays the Minig is that for all seven days, for all seven days of the Shibat Mishta. Mishka, the chasin and everyone in shul, this putter from tachnun. And therefore, he says something that sounds surprising. And that is better for the chassin not to enter shul the entire sheveh brachas. Noim lomer bavuru, because then you're preventing the tzibur from saying tachnun. And you don't want to take away that powerful tefillah from the tzibur. Now it's interesting, the Mishnah Bru does not say that a Moel or a Sandek or the father of the baby having the bris should not enter a shul, even though when they enter a shul, it's the exact same halacha. No one says Tachna if it's before the bris. They used to do the bris
1: in the shul.
0: So. They used to do it in the shul, but we pass it, even if it's in a room outside, if it's all part of the same shul, right? or even if they're not doing the bris at all in the shul, but you have one of those three Right, bale habris in the shul. They don't say tachnun. The Mishnah Brewer never says though. Better not to daven with a minion. Nor does he say the chosin biyom chupaso. Better not to daven with a minion. It sounds like he's only talking about sheva brachos. So some explain that because when it comes to sheva brachos, it's really not so clear that everyone else would be putter from saying tachnun. So what might be going on here is they're not going to say tachnun shalokedin. Because you're coming into Davin. The guy was right. What's that? The guy was right from being. Uh, <laughs> <sets of water. laughs> the guy was definitely wrong, <laughs> I'm, on on many saying, many I'm, levels. Wrong saying it, but I'm saying sounds So so according to what the Mishnah Baru is saying here, right? The guy had a point. However, the Chazonish argues with this. The Chazonish says, don't be concerned about taking away and The Maisa daven with a minion. And others suggest, with Scheinberg, and, and other contemporary posts can say, if you go to a place where no one knows you're a chassan, that would, that would be a way of avoiding this pitfall of taking away tachnun from everybody else. You don't tell them, and you they don't say it anyways. And, and they should say it. You, the chassan, don't say it. But if no one knows you're a chassan, better not to say anything. Yeah. Now, Lemaisa, one last point, we'll end with this. When it comes to abris, this this is always somewhat of a complex topic, Obviously, if you're having a minion and the bris right afterwards, that minion doesn't say tachnun, even if the sandik, the moal, and the father of the, of, the, of the little boy, even if they're not present, you don't say tachnun. We paskin though, any minion taking place before that minion, as long as it's part of the same shul, let's say we have our 645, and then we have an 830, and the bris is taking place after the 830, the 645 minion wouldn't say tachnun either. Because conceptually, it's all part of that simcha of having the bris. What if it's not in, in the, in the shul, if it's in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if the bris is an entirely different place, it's in someone's house, but the, the, the tefillah is here, if you don't have one of the three Baleha bris present, then you would say tachnan. Right? Everybody is going directly to the bris. Even if they're going directly to the bris, if it's an entirely different place, then, then you would still say tachnan. Oh, so after the bris, the. Sandek, Abi Haben, and the Moal, they don't say Tachanu the entire day, so they wouldn't say it for Mincha. But the Shul would still say it, and even if they're present in the Shul, they wouldn't patter the Shul from saying Tahnam. Now it's interesting—if they daven for the Amud, that, that's actually an interesting Shaila, therefore it's preferable they don't daven for the Amud what, if the they have a Chiyush. They, don't they,
1: don't they
0: it's because it's it's it's, it's there that this, this whole day has been of a yanta for them. I want to end up with, with one, one last point here. What's interesting, you find this distinction in the poskim, But let's say you're in a, uh, a shul, and the shul has two different rooms, and there are really two different shuls in each room, right? mission, no, no connection to each other, then the, 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 the shul in this room would still say Tachnum. If, though, it's part of the same shul, it's just a different minion. The early minions taking place in the small base madrash, the main minions taking place later on in the, in the main sanctuary, then even the, the smaller minion wouldn't say tachna. It comes out according to this, though, that if you're in a minion factory, right, you could be definitely in the same overall shul as a different minion. But then if I'm not part of that brist, there's nothing conceptually, conceptually that's connecting me to that simcha, and we would say tachna. Have a wonderful day, everybody.